0: Welcome to the PsyDef Network Security Podcast. I'm your host, Raymond Evans. This is my co host,
1: Michael Fairweather.
0: We're here to bring you the news that matters and help you survive the cybersecurity realm. On today's show, we have Career Builder being attacked by malware. Can Mac become infected with malware? Can we secure the internet of other people's things? Woohoo. So the first story we got here, Career Builder malware. This is a this is a story that I'm surprised hasn't surfaced earlier um, because of how easy it is for the attackers to pull off the attack. So essentially the attackers go on to Career Builder. They have a weaponized Word document. They find their targets. They create the Word document making it look like a resume. They send it off to Career Builder. The people at Career Builder then send it to the people who are requesting the resumes. The resume gets passed around the office and gets opened up by the people who requested the resumes. And the attacker then gets the inside. So, how this attack works is the victims open up the resumes that are requested. And the piece of binary from this weaponized Word document then installs itself on the computer. And decides to call back to the attacker's server, which then sends an image file containing the malware back to the attackee's computer. Now, traditional antivirus and traditional firewalls won't pick this up because of the fact that it's an, it's an image and it's not going to block uh, an image from coming through your network
1: yeah it's actually really cool how this works i mean you it's it's kind of just one of those things as you said before it's surprised it hasn't been done more often um some kind of a sim, simplistic elegance to the way this was designed and works um it does use a known vulnerability with Microsoft Word um like you said I'm really surprised that it it hasn't been done before um they're using a known known vulnerability in Microsoft Word to install the malicious binary on the user system.
0: Yeah, there's an exploit kit, the Windows Microsoft Intruder um, service, which exploits a memory corruption vulnerability for word rich text format files.
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean it sucks that it's happening to Career Builder, but it's 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 interesting how that's working. I'm sure they've gone through this past week and updated a lot of their systems CareerBuilder
0: doesn't actually filter the documents and review the documents. They just take what they get and pass it on to those who requested it. So this isn't an issue so much for Career Builder as it is end users. The companies who are becoming victims of this should have been scanning all their documents that have been coming through anyway. I mean, it's basic, it's basic security right there. They shouldn't be right. getting attachments... And just trusting attachments that they get from this third party source. Whatsoever. Even
1: yeah. though they're expecting those documents. They're expecting a resume. So when you send resume.doc, they're expecting to get that. Now granted, they should be there should be some kind of you know antivirus malware system in place to to check those to look through and see if there's actually a document there or if it's something else. But it's I mean if you if you're expecting resume.doc, you know, you from Career Builder, then it's it's understandable that they're not um, necessarily as cautious as they should be. I'm not saying they it shouldn't should, be, but
0: but shouldn't they already have it pre-installed on their mail server as is to parse through all of this mail and check it when it's coming through initially? Oh, absolutely. So no, so no matter no matter what the source is, no matter if it's by, uh, no matter if it's Career Builder or their mom sending them a recipe, they should have had something in place anyway. You know? Right. Whether or not they trust whether or not they trust the career builder source, <laughs> any attachment whatsoever coming in your mail server should be scanned. Right. Regardless of what it is or who it's from. I so absolutely agree
1: with that. people. Yeah.
0: But it looks like the uh Individuals who were um, launching this attack might have been after something specific because of the um, the interesting companies in here that were hit. There were retail stores, uh, energy companies, broadcast companies, credit unions, and electrical supply firms. What really stands out to me in that is the energy companies, broadcast companies, and electrical supply firms.
1: <laughs> yeah, we kind of talked about that yeah. a, a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah. And they were going after um, jobs that were posted as web developers, business analysts, and middleware developers, which is funny to me that if you have a job for a web developer developer, or a middleware developer, it tells me that there's some kind of tech knowledge in the company and that they should have had something filtering their attachments coming through their web servers. Or they don't have it.
1: Yeah, or they don't have anybody and they really need that position filled. <laughs> they 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 might be hurting desperate or desperately hurting for something. You well, never
0: know? No, know. Yeah. So, <laughs> don't trust any attachments no matter who it's from. Even if it's from a third-party organization that you work with, and you trust wholeheartedly, still don't trust them. Scan all your attachments. Don't automatically open everything. Yeah. Cuz you never know what you're going to get. So there's an argument that I have with a lot of people. I've had this argument a lot. They will only buy Mac because Macs can't get viruses. They're so dead set on this idea that a Mac cannot get a virus
1: because of things like the Macs commercials. Do I think a Mac can get a virus? Absolutely. I own a Mac and I think they can get viruses. The difference is, is how many viruses are actually produced for Mac OS in comparison to Windows. That's real, That's where the real argument comes. It's not whether it can happen, but it's the had, amount that's there.
0: I've had that argument as well, and I've pointed out the reason for the malware and the amount of malware that Mac gets versus Microsoft <laughs> or Linux even. And the reason for that is because more people are using Microsoft for broader purposes. The only people that are really using Mac in the industries, big industries, are graphic designers, video editors, music editors, things like that.
1: Yeah, it's perfect for stuff like that.
0: Yeah, but who really wants to go after those kind of people for money? You can either hit a bank running Microsoft or you can hit some small company that makes logos that's about to go bankrupt any day.
1: You have exactly. You have better bets getting hitting a a Windows operating system, any Windows operating system, as opposed to um, your your Mac OSs. Um, absolutely, and that, and that's one of the the articles that we've got this week is is talking about you know even the t- the title itself. Can a virus bring down a Mac? Uh, yes. Yes. Experts Short are saying, answer. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it has it it there there are definitely high risk vulnerabilities on Macintoshes. The difference is is that they're not as well known. Most people do not have and do not run antivirus programs on Macs because they think, "Oh, it can't get a virus." Well, yes it can. Again, what we just said, they're just not as prevalent. You're you're not going to see as many out there as you would for a Windows system, and that's due to that's just due to volume. Um I I personally run antivirus. I have an internet security suite on my computer because I know better. I, I don't care what I'm running, I'm gonna have something on there that is scanning what I'm what you know, the websites I'm going to, even legitimate websites. We just said earlier about career builder with downloading stuff, um, with resumes. So if you, you should always have something on there to protect your computers, no matter what operating system you're running.
0: I love the quote that Mac had that they quickly changed. The original quote was, a Mac isn't susceptible to the thousands of viruses plaguing Windows-based computers. That's thanks to built-in defense and Mac OS X that keep you safe without any work on your part. Then later they changed it to built-in defense and OS X keeps you safe from unknowingly downloading malicious software on your Mac.
1: Yeah, that is a difference. Or there is a difference it's- there.
0: So essentially, you can knowingly download a piece of malware, but you won't unknowingly download the malware. Right. So, so well, are they talking about putting putting uh, like Kazaa on your, your Mac?
1: <laughs> if, you, if you're putting Kazaa on your Mac, you're opening yourself up to a world of hurt. Because um, we,
0: we all know that if you install that, you're
1: knowingly installing malware. Yeah, or LimeWire or anything like that. The this goes back actually to what we talked about a couple weeks ago when we were discussing the the Apple Store and then the Google Play Store. When you are downloading stuff from there, especially with the, with the, the Apple Store and and more so now with the Play Store, um, they they check those programs. They check that software to make sure that it's free from viruses, to make sure it's free from malware. Um, The the article we talked about was how Google was doing more of that now. Um, One of the things that Apple has built into their operating system is, yes, you can download software, but as soon as you click on run, it stops it. It pops up and says, this application was downloaded from an untrusted source. It's not signed by Apple, and it automatically blocks it. Now, you can turn that off, and by doing so, you are knowingly downloading or possibly knowingly downloading malicious software.
0: So you're saying that Windows Defender is like the OSX built-in defenses.
1: Yeah. You know that annoying pop-up you get from Windows? when I think it was Windows Vista when it first came out. The UAV. So you're
0: saying... That the Mac OS X built-in defenses argument is now invalid. Not necessarily.
1: Only if you turn up. Out-
0: <laughs> because you can knowingly download a piece of malware on the Mac, just like you can knowingly download a piece of malware on Windows. True. And... um I've recently discovered with Windows 10 that they actually take that a bit further. Um, We've done training with SANS, and we had gotten resource from SANS um, to allow for things such as malware analysis, and I was running some of the software that SANS had, had supplied to us for malware analysis, and it was on a disk, and the Windows Defender for Windows 10 was going berserk <laughs> because it was recognizing the malware on the disk and trying all its hardest to delete that malware. Yeah, I remember so you telling will, me about that. Not only will Windows pop up and tell you it's bad, but they will actually go ahead and wipe the known malware out of whatever you you are running it off of. So, which is nice, you know, if you plug in a thumb drive and the the Windows Defender knows um, knows the piece of malware and it's you know it's uh, malware definitions just gonna delete it right off there for you yeah so Mac you can get viruses in fact back when the flashback malware happened and exploded a security flaw in Java a couple years ago uh, it managed to infect 600,000 Macs which was roughly 1% of the user base so <laughs> 1% of the users were let down by Mac and their built in defense.
1: There's a, there's a Jay Z 99 problems reference there somewhere.
0: Oh, uh, you know, I'm going to nerd it up a little bit here.
1: <laughs> All right, go for yeah.
0: it. We are a cybersecurity podcast, but we're also two huge nerds. True story. You res- you recently saw Avengers, correct?
1: I got to see it a week early for free
0: okay so I got I did two not limits, I did
1: yeah. not I did not illegally download it it was not a illegitimate copy it was in a movie theater with a bunch you of got, other people you got to see a special presentation of it absolutely I just want to throw that out there okay so I got
0: two questions for you one what OS do you think Tony Stark runs I say it's a Linux distro
1: I would absolutely say Linux
0: a custom built Linux distro yeah um, and two what OS do you think Ultron would run on? Because he's code and he needs compiled and run on an OS in order to initially run. Hmm. We all know it's not Windows because halfway through the fl- halfway through the fight, his eyes would have turned blue and he would have fell over.
1: <laughs> I knew that's where you're
0: going with that. <laughs> Thor would have just been standing there like... <laughs> My friends, he has turned blue.
1: <laughs> we, uh, I know not uh, what blue to Blue screen do. of death, we are good. Movie ending now.
0: The two most confused people in that fight would have been Captain America and Thor. Neither of them knowing what a blue screen of death would be, they would be standing around completely confused <laughs> Tony Stark and everybody else would be ecstatic that he was running on Windows, <laughs> but Tony, but Captain America would just be like, "I don't see any broken windows."
1: You don't think he wrote that down in his notebook from the uh, from Winter Soldier? You know, it was, it was his list of stuff to look at. So,
0: oh no, he was sitting in front of a computer at, on the Shield Helicare, and he goes, "Find out what this blue screen is. What is a blue screen of death?" Oh. <laughs> tps load letter i would say ultron also runs on linux as well
1: well yeah because i mean that that makes sense if you you know
0: that is that is of course if the chatarans had the same exact code language as us simultaneously somehow in the universe they came up with the same exact libraries and apis and Everything because Ultron merged perfectly with the rest of the internet and was able to be compatible with every piece of software on the earth. You know, they just happen to write this code perfectly to match the human code. Happenstantially. By happenstance. happenstance. There you go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is a movie.
0: I'm saying as a programmer (laughs) that there would be no... Alien programmers with the same exact code library as us. And if it was reality, Tony Stark would have stood there, looked at the stone, not been able to figure out that there was a code there, because how do you look at a rock and say, there's a code in that? And then would have just handed it back to Thor, and that would have been the end of the movie.
1: Right. You look at it very carefully? I don't know. I got nothing on that one.
0: So that's my nerd moment for this podcast. (laughs) Nerding it up. It was a good movie, though. I saw that, and I needed another programmer slash network security nerd to talk to about that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will go back to watching on that. If you think, as I think we both do that Tony Stark was using Linux, then Ultron had to run on Linux. He's, he was merged with Jarvis and then took over Jarvis. Free BSD? Maybe. You never know. Okay. God, that was nerdy. All right. That <laughs> <laughs> no, was nerdy. It was fantastic. Spoiler alert. Yeah. I should <laughs> probably put that in. I mean, if you've seen the trailer, you know that Ultron's in it. I mean, it's Age of Ultron. We are just speculating on an operating system. We're good. Yeah, we're good. No spoilers. Are we good? I think we're good. I don't know if we're good. Are you good? Do you need a refill? Are we able to secure the internet of other people's things?
0: I don't know. Are we able to secure the internet of other people's things? I think we are. That is
1: it. Do you want to know how I think we can? how can we secure the internet of other people's things? Okay, so the
0: biggest problem about the internet of things is that all of the devices on the internet of things gets plugged directly into your network and then they are completely open to the rest of the internet because they're calling out and doing things that require fancy things to happen. Like your USB toaster, it needs its firmware updated or else it's gonna burn your toast or your fridge needs to send you your grocery list because gosh I can't remember if I need it milk or if I need it 12 dozen apples
1: you better write that down
0: I'm happy my fridge can tell me that I don't need 12 dozen apples so what needs to happen is that there needs to be a small security appliance that's cheap that home users can buy or even businesses can buy and what happens is, is every Internet of Thing device needs a small snippet of information that will communicate with this security appliance when it initially syncs with it. And what that inf- snippet of information is, is where the device communicates, um, what the device communicates with, so a website, telephone, an app, whatever. Um, a little snippet of what a normal traffic Packets would look like you know to and from the device. What a normal request would look like, and um, what is and isn't allowed to come to that device. And all that info would get synced with the security appliance that would sit plugged into the user's router. And all of the traffic for the Internet of Thing devices would pass through that security appliance. And the security appliance would say, "Yes, this is good. We'll let it through." or no this is abnormal stop don't allow us through
1: so you're talking like an hbss ids firewall router system for all of these different devices i mean it's 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 essentially but, but i understand what you're saying you've got all of those set kind of separate but taking like functionalities from all of them and putting them together to kind of like, oh, no, we don't want this. Okay, we do need this. But doing it for, e- for each – having different rules set it, up for each device.
0: Yes, because that's what needs to happen for each um, Internet of Things device because not all of them are going to act the same as all the others will act. Yeah. Wow. And that's that's the uniqueness of the Internet of Things is that you have all these devices on your network – that have all their own unique characteristics that they need a device that will take um, that snippet of information and be able to identify each one of their unique characteristics.
1: Right. It's wow.
0: Did I just blow your mind a little bit there?
1: (laughs) I tell you what, it really doesn't seem like it's that, I mean, obviously as, as security guys, you look at it and you say, yeah, it needs to be secure. But when you start talking about what actually needs to happen for each individual thing, and having something like something like that does need to be in place, and having it set up like that just is is going to be insane. I would like to be the guy Sorry. that creates that.
0: Sorry, that I've been building money.
1: servers.
0: <laughs> I've been building servers all
1: week and yeah. uh,
0: design, designing network diagrams.
1: So you've been having fun. So this has been a hot topic for you, not just in the news but um <laughs> but, uh, it's, but it's but also it's very in much been a, it's very
0: much been a topic of how can I solve this? Yeah. And I think I have it solved.
1: It's yeah, create everything into one and then set rules for it based on each individual device. Huh. That'll be interesting. I'd like to see that. I'd absolutely All like right. to see that. Yeah. Time for, a cool.
0: go, time for a go fund me. Let's get funding. Let's do this.
1: Let's do it right now. I've already created the website. While you were talking and describing it, I was typing it out. Let's do it.
0: While I was talking and describing it, I've already started building it.
1: <laughs> I've got my breadboard down in the uh, garage. I'll start mm. putting little components on it. We got it.
0: Fresh cut bread. <laughs> yeah, or, or you know, not. But yeah, we're going to see this um, a lot in the, in the upcoming years, because Internet of Things are becoming huge, not only in the home networks, but also in big retail networks as well.
1: Yeah, it really is exploding everywhere.
0: Things like the Target attack and Home Depot and things like that, um, a lot of that can be attributed back to Internet of Thing devices that allowed the attackers in, such as Target. The attackers got in through the air conditioning systems um internet of thing device that allowed them to you know monitor their air condition air conditioning over their network rather than having somebody go up and press the dial <laughs> but pressing the buttons hard but hey somebody at corporate has to log into a web based application on their browser um, to regulate all the temperatures because how else are you gonna save money? You can't depend on the stores. They're never gonna save money. Air conditioning doesn't come cheap. (laughs) And because of that corporate mindset, we're gonna see Internet of Everything devices come more and more into stores. We're gonna see things get delegated down to these um, Internet of Everything devices that will then allow for greater control at a corporate headquarters on, on a mass scale. You know, um, soon there may be um, the, the price tags on racks, the, the price identifiers at the top of, of a rack in a clothing store. All of those may one day be Internet of Things devices that connect to the Internet to allow a main corporate headquarters to update all the prices. So then, the stores don't ever have to do that again, and then special events and sales and everything like that can be run strictly from a corporate headquarters. And something like that can open up a huge security um, hole at a at a retailer. You know, the more we incorporate these in, the more we're opening up ourselves to these security risks. So again, an all-in-one device that determines what is and isn't normal traffic for these internet of thing devices is is a really really good solution that needs to come to fruition
1: yeah I've actually seen the uh, that I don't think they were wire well they weren't wireless but I've seen digital the digital price tags which you just go by and you kinda scan, scan it or there's a little system on it where it can update whatever it's looking at or update the the price and the item and stuff like that so we're not you're not far off from from being able to have a little wireless device where you go, oh, shirts are now three ninety
0: nine, and then the intruder goes, oh, shirts are three ninety nine. Hey, look at that! I can see the point of sale system.
1: Yeah, or I can make them zero and then just take them. You know, if they were wanting shirts,
0: <laughs> they most likely want the point of sale system over the shirts.
1: Agreed. But what if they're cold? <sighs> yeah, it's. Um, it, it's interesting.
0: Internet of Things devices in the household—good uh, idea because it allows users to do things easier in their everyday life. Internet of Things devices in corporate settings—useful, but it, because it allows for greater control and allows you to run to your business easier. Bad security practices when implementing Internet of Things devices—not good.
1: I was wondering where you're going with that. I was hoping there was going to be something about that there cuz as soon as you said useful I was like no. I'm going to go with no on that one. Like we're going to disagree on this. I agree you on security.
0: <laughs> you don't think an internet of things device in your household would be useful?
1: I I there have a few things nothing. like I have a few things. I have, you know, stuff that I have connected to my home network that I can control. From different tablets and devices that I have. Um, which is extremely useful, especially when my kid decides to put the remote um, in the couch and I can't find it. And I'm just like, oh, I'm just going to pick up my phone instead. I'm good.
0: But I don't need a toaster. Oh, so you just give up on the TV and just watch YouTube on your phone?
1: <laughs> no, no, no. So I access can... my <laughs> I access my TV from my phone.
0: mm. So you watch TV on your phone?
1: That's a remote. You remember back in the day when we were kids and you had to turn the dial on the TV to change the channel?
0: No, I just like smacked my siblings and made them do it.
1: Oh, well, I, I was the I'm sibling. I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. I was the sibling. I did
0: to do it. Uh, I'm the nerd. Uh,
1: I, I, was the, I was the sibling. So growing up, we had the still rotary dial television. That was the first television I remember and that's the one that my grandfather grandfather had as well. So you had to get up and actually change the dial. Now I can just do it from my phone. So I do have simil- some stuff, but it's nothing like, you know, it's not a toaster, it's not a fridge, it's not anything like that. There are certain things that I don't think I'll ever need. <clears throat> then again, I never I said I'd you know, never need a phone that had internet. And look at me now.
0: Now now I can't go anywhere without the internet. Right. I can't think of a phone without having the internet.
1: IMDB is just so useful for my
0: phone. Um, have you ever thought of Seinfeld in the modern day? Every It'd episode of Seinfeld that ever happened would never happen. Because of things like the movie phone guy, they wouldn't have called the movie phone guy. They were just IMDB'd and the episode would have been done.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I grew up with. There was no I mean I mean most of us, well I can't even say most of us anymore. Um, was two thousand and seven when the iPhone first iPhone came out.
0: I don't know you hipster.
1: I know, right? Um, okay, it doesn't even have to be an iPhone. The first internet phone. Oh sorry, Nokia. Or no god. Nokia. Nokia? So Nokia was the uh, first phone that actually brought internet service, GRS um internet service. To the devices. That's right. I guess they did have it. I, I do remember the old, uh, I mean, it was really horrible internet back then, but the internet was kind of horrible back then to begin with. So um, yeah, so back in the day, whor- Wow. I'm on a tangent here.
0: We covered a whole bunch today. We covered the internet of other people's things, malware, as well as whether or not Macs can get uh,
1: malware, and uh, whether resume dot uh, .docs should be opened or not.
0: Yeah, whether or not you should open <laughs> any attachments from anybody ever. So what you got for our network security tip of the week there?
1: Well, as we were talking about the Internet of Things earlier, um, especially with having something in between, you know, down the road, something in between your device and the outside world, defense in depth. Always have something in between your ISPs, modem, if you have to use it, or your personal modem and your devices itself, some kind of router, something there um, in place to kind of give you an extra, little bit of extra protection there.
0: Most definitely, turn your router's firewall on. Yes. Defense in-depth is your greatest strength when it comes to the war on cybersecurity. The war! I was your host for this week, Raymond Evans. And this was my co-host, Michael Fairweather. Stay safe. Keep your network safe. Have a week.